0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into a few films in today's review episode. So, today's episode, we're going to talk about, uh, I believe, three movies. Three movies? yes, um, that are all relatively new, they're out in theaters now, um, and you know, I, I'm trying to get caught up before the weekend so um, everybody has a better idea of maybe if they want to go see something or not. So all of these movies, two of these movies are in limited release, one of them has just gone wide this weekend, uh, and we will start with that film, uh, so that is Life Itself. From the creator of This Is Us, uh, I believe his name is Dan Fogelman. Uh, life itself is a sort of a, a, a it's a segmented story, uh, broken down into literal chapters uh, in the film that chronicles uh, I don't know a kind of kind of the romantic history of a family in a sense, uh, and what that means is. Uh, we start out following Oscar Isaac's character and his romance with Olivia Wilde. We see the fate of that relationship, uh, while also learning about their parents. And we then find a different family and learn their their relationship and, and their parents and kids and and so on and so forth. So, it's it's a very hierarchical hierarchical. Uh, film, where it's, it's you know, you're, you're tying loose ends together, you know, most of the second half. And that being said, I, I've never seen This Is Us, I, I don't know whether it's the same style, whether it's the same writing, or so forth, but I will say that having seen Life Itself, and I saw it with a relatively packed theater at an early screening, wasn't it didn't. It didn't get a lot of reaction. Uh, not just from me, but from really the entire audience. It uh, the the strongest sequence in the film is the start. I think everything up through when Oscar Isaac's story is pretty much over, I was fine with. Um, there were some decent parts, uh, particularly the opening opening part, uh, and then Oscar Isaac proper. Was fine. I, I thought there wasn't anything too wrong with those sequences. But once we shift focus away from that that couple, we follow this Mexican family, uh, and and things just become more and more cliched. Uh, the the uh, the conveniences uh, that that spring up just seem more and more ridiculous as we go along. The Uh, The writing becomes far more mundane and banal and It really does end up somewhere along the lines of just uh, Frustrating more than anything else. It's not enjoyable. uh, It's not saying anything significant It's it's mostly just you know, it, it sucks to be sad and maybe there's Uh, you know a silver lining and that's not really anything new or astounding and told this way it just makes the film more disjointed more sort of slapped together and you know the pieces fit too perfectly when it's all said and done Uh, there is a couple of moments that I wanted to see in this movie especially once I, I had an idea of where things were headed there were scenes that I was really looking forward to that I wish would have been in the movie that they don't ha- that don't happen. Um, there's, you know, we, we resolve towards the end of the film on a a new coupling and their kid. And if you've seen it, then you'll know what I mean when I say that I want to know what happens. I want to see the conversation between this new couple. Uh, with regards to a very significant event in both of their lives and the movie doesn't give us that um, which feels like would have been the most sort of visceral and raw scene that could have been in this movie Uh, on the other side we get this scene with Antonio Banderas uh, basically monologuing for about 10 minutes uh, which I feel served no purpose none at all and most of the film felt that way which was very frustrating so I don't I I wasn't a big fan I I wasn't a fan at all I and I think that it it kind of becomes derivative after a while Uh, however like if you can if you could find a way to just watch like the first five minutes of the movie I would totally support that because uh, I did not realize Samuel L. Jackson was in this film uh, he is for the first five minutes or so, and from, from the point that, he, from his component part of the movie to when he leaves the movie, I was actually on board. I was like, this is a very interesting, this is very different, I wasn't sure where this story was headed, uh, and then he leaves the movie, and things just go downhill from there. So, big thumbs down to life itself. Uh, not a fan, didn't like it, and don't recommend it. So let's get that one out of the way. Let's just move right past this into two movies that I actually did, did enjoy. Uh, I watched both of them yesterday, and the first is The Wife. Uh, the Wife has been out in limited release uh, for a couple of weekends now. It stars Glenn Close and Jonathan Price, along with Christian Slater. And the basic premise is Jonathan Price receives the Nobel Prize in literature at the start of the film, and we follow him as he and Close, his wife, are going through the rigmarole of what it means to go through this awards process and and the sort of popularity and fame associated with it and and how that grates on the two characters and, and their son. With Christian Slater playing... A, another writer who wants to write the life story of Jonathan Price's character. So, this is... On its, on its own, the film is fairly standard. Uh, it doesn't do too much that, I think, warrants further examination. But, where it excels, it excels stupendously. And that is with the performances of Price and Glenn Close. They are fantastic in this film. Uh, I know both, at least Glenn Close, has been receiving a little bit of Oscar buzz already, Uh, So, and and I think that's totally warranted. She is pretty fantastic in the film. Uh, She has a lot of great scenes, particularly toward the end, where, man, her face is is just perfect and and just so evocative and, and emotes so well. Uh, and Price, for his to his credit, is just as strong. He uh, plays a little. He plays less of a complex character than than Close. And I think towards the end they try to give him a little bit more dimension and depth. And it it, it sort of works. It sort of works. But it's it's really the performers who who give this movie the uh, reasoning to see it that it has. And. My biggest problem. Uh, so ultimately, I like the movie. Ultimately, I like the movie. My biggest problem is it falls into the same trap that Fences did for me. And with Fences, you have some outstanding performances, uh, pretty much across the board in that film. You have ninety to ninety-five percent of a of a strong movie that really feels like it's gonna just. It, it, it feels like it can't not stick the landing for me. And then the ending of Fences really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, it, it felt very out of character for what happens. Um, and I, I was very frustrated with what took place. The same thing happens in the wife. Almost, it very much beat for beat. Uh, there's very similar circumstances that lead to a very similar, frustrating response from uh, the main female character in the film, uh, which is dist- dist- uh, distressing to say the least. It, it really felt like this is this movie wanted to, both movies wanted to hedge their bets. Uh, and they did so in in my opinion the worst imaginal way imaginable way possible and that frustrates me that irritates me and it you know I don't know how truth what if there's any truth to this story uh, I don't think so I think it's based on a, a fictional story but I just it, it it really didn't make any sense to me what... What was happening at the very end of the film Uh, and furthermore I don't think the film itself doesn't does any services to try to convince you that the decisions being made are right or or make sense. Uh, So that aside I think you you go at you see this for Close and you see this for Price and I think they elevate the film from kind of more of a schlocky lifetime movie to something that actually has some meat to it and uh, besides and and you know the writing isn't particularly stellar the dialogue is uh, fairly average but just when it comes out of their mouths when it's when it's uh when it's presented from price and close's uh, characters it really does feel raw it does feel real and uh, hard to not get swept up in the emotions that they are in so i like the wife it's it's fine it, it has its problems but it, it's its pluses are definitely worth seeing it for alone uh, in this instance in my in my in my opinion it's not a very long movie it's like an hour and a half so it's it's certainly not gonna kill you to see it that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. okay. Uh, so that's the wife. Uh, so mm, slight thumbs up to the wife slight thumbs up. which brings me to and, and this you know kind of went in order here uh, not only in order of which how I saw these movies but also in order of how good they are. And that brings me to my third film, which in my opinion is the best of the three. Uh, and that is we the animals. We the animals. Uh, it's written is a, a book written by Justin Torres. I have the book. I have read the book. I've read it in college. I met Justin Torres. He signed my book. and that I, I never, you know, this is not a story that I would ever have expected to become a movie. Uh, I never considered it. Um, and when I heard that it was gonna be a movie and then, then it started to get some buzz and it was pretty well uh, well well reviewed. I was really excited. I think that this, the characters in the story definitely lend themselves uh, in a cinematic way but the story itself is written, the book itself is written in in vignettes and uh, it, it really does have some pretty rough moments in it. So basic premise, you have a, a couple Um, a white woman and a Mexican man who have three kids together all boys and at the and they're they're in the like 9 to 13 age range throughout the film and they are kind of you know they're okay as kids and their father is abusive uh, mostly to the mother and uh, the the film chronicles maybe a year's worth of time uh, of the film of the of their lives as the father um, leaves them for a while, returns. Uh, they try to make their lives better and very much struggle with that, uh, either through not having the money, not having working, not having food at some points, not having uh, a vehicle to use. Uh, it, it's its pretty dire straits in, in a lot of cases. And what's fascinating, so the main character is the youngest of the three boys. And the, the book is semi-autobiographical. Autobiographical, and he is very different from his two brothers. He's very different from his father. Uh, you know, we established this very early on with a scene that takes place at like a swimming hole where the father and the two boys are swimming, and uh, our, our main character, the youngest boy, is not and doesn't want to, is afraid of it. He's sitting on the bank with his mother, who also cannot swim, and he is far closer to her than he is anyone else. And we then get a moment where his father. She she's going to like slowly wade into the water and you know just take him as deep as she can, and the father comes over and has both of them climb on his back and he swims out into this this the deeper parts of this swimming hole, and it's kind of scary. It's very tense. Uh, the you can feel that something's going to happen and and it's going to not go so well and. Then, you know, he lets them, he, he dives under and lets them kind of flail. Uh, the boy sinking un, into the water, uh, unable to swim. The wife, you know, thrashing around and, and barely staying above. And eventually, you know, they, he gets them out. He, he keeps them from drowning. But, you know, it's a terrifying and, and horrific uh, circumstance. And it really does pave the way for everything else to come. There's this very wide divide between the older two brothers and the father and the mother and youngest brother. There is a very a lot of friction between the parents, a lot of friction with the ki- within the kids, and it, it just we just kind of get to feel and see these characters live, and it, it's it's really nice, actually. Uh, Despite some of the awful things that happen, it's just really nice to see these characters go through life and grow. Uh, In some instances, you know, um, there's an extended period earlier, early in the film, where the three boys pretty much have run of the house and you see them scrounging around food to eat and then going out and stealing food and just trying to make ends meet as any way they possibly can. They don't really know how else to do it. Uh, so they, you know, have to resort to theft. And it's it's not played as, you know, a good thing. It's not played as a bad thing at the same time. It's just necessity. It's, it's need. It's, uh, you know, this is the only option that they really have and that's you know that's that's a difficult way to present things like this and you know to their to his credit um jeremiah zagar who who directed i think i'm pronouncing that right who directed the film uh is is fantastically establishes these characters and uh what Makes them tick And how they work And You know it, It's The film hinges on these three kids And I talked about uh, What was it uh, The house with a clock in its walls Wednesday And That has terrible child acting We the animals has some Stellar child acting Absolutely stellar uh, From Man I don't want see if I can remember their names Jonah, to Joel, to Manny—they are all brilliant. Um, they have they, the way they deliver their lines, the way they act around each other, the way they interact with adults. It all feels so natural. It all feels so perfect and childlike, and and uh, it, it just—it—it's it, like they just walked out of the screen into your life and. The the shots of them, you know, they, they move together. They move as one like animals, you know. they they there's a scene where they walk down a hallway uh toward their father, and it just I, I don't know how it, how he did it, but the way but the way Zagar uh constructed the shots for that that moment in that scene, he it, it just they look like lions on the prowl almost. Uh, you know, and it's it just the film itself is is fascinating in that way. Um, beyond that, beyond that, yeah, I think both the parents are also very strong. You have Raul Castillo in, in the father role, who was in, he was in Unsane earlier this year, but also on the HBO show Looking and also in the movie Looking. Uh, and the mother is Sheila Vand, who is in Argo. Uh, A girl walks home alone at night, and whiskey tango foxtrot. Uh, who I I really liked both of them as well. The the acting is is pretty outstanding, and it, it comes across as and I saw this described. Uh, it feels like Moonlight, uh, like the early sequence of mo- the first third of Moonlight, mixed with the Florida Project, and it just it it's visually stunning. Uh, it 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 flows from one moment to the next. Uh, there's just uh, you get. There's a scene where the three boys and the father are in the back of a pickup truck, and the dad is very upset, having uh, what just about what just happened, and then the three boys. I I don't know if I would necessarily say that they were trying to cheer him up, but he kind of, the dad pounds his fist against the side of the truck, and they just kind of pick up on that, and they start pounding their fists, and it builds a rhythm, and it builds a, a beat, and, and a, a thumping, and they start screaming, and, you know, yelling out, like, you know, no more this, no more that, no more et etc, and, you know, there's such beautiful moments in this film, Uh, beautiful beautiful moments where you can feel this family has the potential to be so happy and so in love with each other and the next moment they are at odds the next moment they are yelling and screaming and and hurting each other and it's it's so visceral it's so passionate and it comes across real in that sense uh, you know you can feel how painful it is uh, for these characters to do anything and how much they care about what's going on uh, i i really really enjoyed the film i'm i'm a big fan of the book i encourage if if you see the film i would encourage you to read the book if you can't see the film because it isn't kind of a limited release and very very few theaters uh i would Urge you to read, find the book if you can, and read that at least. Um, definitely, it's uh, it's a coming of age movie, and it it it's one that doesn't rely on a lot of dialogue, but it really show wears its heart on its sleeve, and uh, I, I very. I commend it quite a lot for for what it's able to accomplish with what it shows you Um, the imagery is outstanding and The ending is is uh, just a a soaring visit vision of um, Maturity in a a way in a way Uh, so I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of We the Animals. Uh, definitely, definitely a solid thumbs up. Maybe one and a half thumbs up uh, for the film. Uh, I haven't rated any of these movies yet on the spreadsheet. Uh, I guess I could ballpark and say Life itself is probably going to be very low, like in the high teens, ish. Uh, I would put the Wife in the like. 50s maybe low 60s uh we'll see i have to get into that a little further and then uh we the animals uh hovering around like the low 80s maybe high 90s um that one again has to will require a little more uh thinking and, and understanding as well so uh, you know three vastly different scores <laughs> um but we the animals. I really, I really enjoyed it. I was really looking forward to it, and uh, it, it really works. It works for me. So, yeah, uh, that's we the animals and the wife and life itself, and this episode. Honestly, uh, not not super long, but I, I did want to touch on these movies. I wanted to talk about them. Uh, you know i feel a type of way and that being said um that's it that's it for today's episode and i want to thank you for listening and now we will head over to the outro uh courtesy of meg berquist thanks thank you for listening to today's episode if you would like to listen to more episodes you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on itunes don't forget to rate and review if you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at Circle of Film, or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com/slash Film for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening and have a week. So long farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me. Even as she fails. We need-